Mark Cuban. How you do anything is how you do everything. If you're not, if you don't pay attention to detail on the little things, you're not going to be in the habit of paying attention to detail for the big things. Ken Griffey Jr. Hey, he wears his hat backwards. Well, where my hat backwards because my dad had a fro and I wanted to wear his hat. And if I put his hat on at age six and, you know, he's got a eight and a half and I got like a little five, it's not going to really stay on my head. Jeannie Buss. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. It's good to see everybody. John Smoltz. Is if you don't have the imagination and the willingness to fail or not being afraid to fail, I don't think you can be truly great. Candace Parker. I have had so much hope for this generation coming up that I've grown up with women in sports, in leadership roles, on television, speaking about sports, speaking knowledgeably about sports. Paul Gasol. To me, all the work that I've done, all the humanitarian work that I've done has always given me great perspective, has allowed me to keep my feet on the ground and uh, has really put and reminded me what's truly important. Damian Lillard. That was for Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) Just to name a few. Welcome to Sports Business Radio. Now, here's Brian Berger. Thanks for joining us on this week's edition of Sports Business Radio. I want to remind you to subscribe to the Sports Business Radio podcast. We are podcasting OGs, 18 years of conversations that can be found on iTunes and Spotify. Recent conversations include actor, producer, director Colin Hanks, U.S. Women's National Team member Carly Lloyd. She played for the U.S. Women's National Team for 15 years. Ryan Leaf, Matt Leiner, Channing Fry, Isaiah Austin, a great list of recent guests. And like I said, 18 years of conversation. So go on to iTunes or Spotify and subscribe to our award-winning podcast. We'd like it even more if you rate and review us. I'm joined by executive producer Brian Griggs. Griggs, we're going guestless this week. And just uh, we've got a few rants and and some things to talk about going on in the sports business world. How are you? I'm doing good. And, uh, you know, we got to mention that I went to see you over there in Bend this last weekend, had some snow and some ice skating and some good food and good drinks. So it was good to see you and uh, catch up with Brad Kinzer, our photographer. So a fun little weekend. Yes, it was. It was fun to have you guys visit. Uh, This is my first trip to Bend, Oregon, and uh, it's a cool city. I like it. And it was fun to have you guys here. Like you said, we did some ice skating. We posted uh, a video on our Instagram page at Sports Business Radio. If you want to see me and Griggs, hey, we didn't fall. That came later. <laughs> that came later. <laughs> Griggs was falling. I tried to catch him and then I fell. So never let it be said <laughs> that I am not a team player. You are. I you took are. a fall for Griggs, <laughs> literally. I love so, um, and then before you got here, it was really cool. Uh, Brad Kinzer, our photographer, and I went to the last blockbuster on the planet, and it was like being in a time warp, I got to tell you. So some of the questions I got on social media, are they still an active store? Like, are they still running videos? Yes. Blockbuster is still running videos. They get the DVDs from uh, a company out of Salem, Oregon. Um, You still, you know, can rent the latest like they had maverick tom cruise movie in there um you know it's not like oh they stopped making movies 10 years ago um they've got lots of t-shirts and movie posters and uh movie candy uh brad went to town on the movie candy (laughs) He, he definitely has a sweet tooth but it was really cool being in there and 
um, the manager explained to me, so Blockbuster went into bankruptcy and then this was a franchisee, the Ben store. Basically, they pay royalties to the company that, um, you know, paid for the the name, image and likeness for Blockbuster. So, but this is the last store on the planet. And like I said, it was like stepping into a time warp. And it's crazy because it wasn't that long ago. No. Like, you know, we have kids. It was in our kids' lifetime yep. that you could go into a Blockbuster, rent a DVD or a Blu-ray and, you know, take it home and, and watch it. Obviously, streaming is much easier, but this was uh, an old school way. And, you know, there were lots of people coming in and out of the store. And I think the fact that there's a TV show called Blockbuster on Netflix has put some more spotlight on this Blockbuster store in Bend, Oregon. So it was cool. It was a trip down memory lane. Um, I had always heard about the store. And we were like, hey, while we're in town, let's go check out the last Blockbuster on the planet. And anytime you can check out the last of anything, you know, like, I'm a redhead. I I tell people all the time, like, we're going to be extinct at some point. (laughs) So, you know, anytime you can check out something that's the last, it's kind of cool. Yeah. And I hope, uh, like you said, with the Netflix show, that helps keep it going and keep it alive. I hope it's around 50, 100 years from now because it's just iconic and it is cool. I've driven past it a couple of times, never been in there, but you were uh, you brought back bottle cap candy and this popcorn and hot tamales. It felt like we were in the theater. I love it. (laughs) It was really cool. So if you're ever in Bend, Oregon, stop by the last blockbuster on the planet. They did rent it out as an Airbnb uh, three years ago. Griggs, check this out. $3.99 per night <laughs> to stay in the Blockbuster. I think we should do that sometime. That's like great. just record a bunch of episodes of Sports Business Radio. Yep. Stay in the Blockbuster. If they do that again, they they haven't done it in three years. But you know, you just sit up all night and watch movies. Oh, it'd be great. And they've got all the different monitors in there. We could have like five movies going. <laughs> I love that. And we just, yeah, you'd hear us snacking in the background and yeah bunch of you know back to the future on this screen and the old top gun on this one or whatever it is that'd be awesome yeah there were a bunch of movie posters in there and the two that i were was looking at that i considered getting one was back to the future and the other was uh war games (laughs) with matthew broderick yes i didn't get them i may stop by uh before i leave town but uh yeah, I love the old school movie posters, too. Those are kind of fun to uh, decorate the house with. Yeah, they don't make them like they used to. They had so much uh, action and vibrant colors, and I swear they could encapsulate a whole movie in a poster. They just don't make them like they used to. I love those old things. All right, let's get to some sports business because there's a lot going on in the sports business world. That's why we thought we'd go without a guest this week. We just uh, discuss some of these topics. First of all, last night, the Philadelphia Eagles fell to the Washington Commanders. So the 1972 Miami Dolphins, they remain the NFL's only undefeated team in NFL history. So, um, you know, I'm sure they were popping champagne last night, the 72 Dolphins. Um, But there's other updates with the Washington Commanders. John Henry has entered the chat now. And you may go, who's John Henry? Well, John Henry is part of the ownership group of Fenway Sports Group, which owns the Boston Red Sox. And he is interested in the Washington Commanders. So we told you on the show last week, there's a group with Jeff Bezos, Jay-Z, Matthew McConaughey. Um, You've got John Henry, who's now interested. 
and selling the team. And keep in mind, this is going to be a Dan Snyder decision. This isn't the NFL saying this is who you have to sell to. They just want him to sell it. They want him to get maximum value for the team. But he's going to decide who he's going to sell the team to. Now, he hired Bank of America to explore options. We told you that last week. But here's something, Griggs, that could expedite everything. Last Thursday, D.C. Attorney General Carl Racine sued the commanders, Snyder, the NFL, and even Roger Goodell, alleging the defendants deceived residents in his jurisdiction. Um, There could be further action, but anytime you're dealing now with the attorney general and lawsuits, and remember, in lawsuits, there's discovery. (laughs) Do you think the NFL wants discovery? Do you think Daniel Snyder wants discovery? No, they don't. It's why so far we haven't seen the release of all of those documents that ended up getting John Gruden fired with the Raiders. But the NFL does not want discovery on any of this. And I'm sure they're saying to Dan Snyder, you better sell this and you better sell it quickly because all these legal things and attorney generals and you know the bad PR that you're bringing to our league is not what we need. Now, it was great to see the commanders win. That was their biggest win of the season. Um, Ron Rivera is a class act, is their coach. They've got players who are playing hard. You know, they were able to tune the noise out of the last week. But Griggs, people are saying this team could sell for seven to eight billion dollars. That would be the most expensive US sports franchise in any league ever. So however this turns out, Dan Snyder's going to walk away with a lot of money. It's just a matter of working with Bank of America, making sure you have the right owner or ownership group, and getting this thing sold before the attorney general drags you in and Roger Goodell is getting sued. And you know other team owners have to answer for Dan Snyder. I think they're getting tired of that. We kind of saw a hint of that with Colts owner Jim Ursay, who kind of said it wouldn't be the worst idea if Dan Snyder sells the commanders. So we'll see how this plays out. But I think there's going to be some interesting groups that continue to surface who want to buy this team. You know, we told you Kevin Durant has said, hey, I'm from the DMV area. Like, I'd love to be a part of an ownership group. Like, there's going to be a lot of interest in this team. They are going to need a new stadium, most likely. Um, So that's going to be a consideration for any ownership group. But um, it's a mess, and I'm sure the league would like to turn the page on Dan Snyder as quick as possible. Yeah, and look, it's uh, we mentioned this last week too. It's an iconic brand. It's an iconic team. It's uh, you know been around forever. It's got a good fan base. It's in a good market. So you obviously, as we're seeing more and more people kind of come up to the plate here to possibly buy this team, you see why. I mean, it's something that's that's people want to see it. They want to have it. They want to own it. So I think that's going to continue to grow, and it's the. Uh, it's an interesting story to watch, like you said, now with the attorney general and potentially some lawsuits going on, too. It just keeps uh, keeps building and building. So I can see why Snyder says, let's get rid of it. He wants to get rid of it as quick as he can. Remember, nobody wants discovery. Yeah. <laughs> that would be very bad news right. <laughs> for Dan Snyder and the NFL and for likely owners of other teams. So um, we'll continue to follow this story as we have and, and bring you updates uh, as we go along. Other news out of the NFL. 
they held their first ever regular season game in Germany this past weekend, and it was a massive success. 67,000 people came to the game. Um, a lot of them sang John Denver songs and other songs in unison. It was very impressive. Three million people requested access to the stadium to buy a ticket. So, I mean, we're seeing what Taylor Swift is doing right now with her tour. She's basically crashing Ticketmaster. Three million people wanted to come to watch this game. The stadium only holds 67,000. Now, here's a few little facts for you. Number one, Driggs, check this out. Tom Brady becomes the first NFL player to win games in four different countries. So he's won in the United States, obviously. He's won in Mexico. He's won in England. And now he's won in Germany over the course of his 23-year career because his Tampa Bay Bucks beat the Seattle Seahawks 21-16 to on Sunday. Another thing that Brady can say that he's done. Man, I tell you. It was fun seeing that crowd. I mean, the Euro crowds, and they just know I love the singing and the chants. They're the masters of that. We see that with Euro Cup and soccer and World Cup. They know how to sing in unison. It's crazy. And I love the interview after the game with Brady. And all you hear is the crowd singing behind it. It was pretty cool. So, uh, I mean, what a great game to see for the Germany uh, fans. You got Tom Brady, the iconic goat of football. So uh, fun to see it. And the stadium turned out good, looked good. Those games are great. I think Mexico City is the next one on the tour. So it'll be fun to see how that one looks. I mean, I'm impressed in Germany that they know about John Denver. I'm a John Denver <laughs> yeah, fan. For sure. And when you're singing John Denver songs like that in complete unison, like that is some impressive stuff. Yep. That might have been the most impressive part of the game. Yeah. All right. The other thing about Germany is they've become the NFL's top market in Europe. They have surpassed the UK. So we hear all about these London games and things like that. Germany is selling more products. They're selling more video games. They have more Game Pass subscriptions than the UK. And, you know, again, you had all these people that tried to get tickets to come to this 67,000 seat stadium. So, you know, there have been murmurs for a long time. Will we see a team in Europe from the NFL? And, and you know, you've got these two markets that the league has done a nice job of cultivating Germany and London. So Germany and the UK, um, Munich and London. It's a far way to travel. It's, it's, you know, a long way to go. But if you're making that kind of money and you're trying to gain that international footprint, I wouldn't be surprised if, I don't know, the next five to 10 years, we saw a team over there. What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, obviously the NFL brand is growing worldwide more and more. You saw it when you went to China. The NBA in basketball has always been kind of the king of the world, you know, Kobe Bryant jerseys and whoever, wherever you go. I think NFL wants that and is growing that. And obviously it's working because they're selling out these stadiums, you know, wherever they play. I think the big thing is, is the travel, you know, and trying to get teams back and forth and all that is kind of probably the big issue. But again, money is always king. It wins. If they're, if they're selling stuff and tickets and filling stadiums, they're going to find a way to get teams over there. All right, let's look at World Cup. That's coming up. And Greg's, you know, everything I see in the news and people I talk to, like, I'm sure it's going to go off okay, but there's going to be a lot of headaches before, during, and after. Um, here's the latest. So Budweiser pays a reported $75 million every four years to sponsor the World Cup. 
In September, organizers finalized a policy to serve beer to fans uh, around the arena, despite the strict laws. So, you know, again, if you're Budweiser, you're not paying that kind of money if you can't serve beer in the stadium. Now they've been told they need to move the beer concessions to less visible locations by Qatar's royal family. If you're Budweiser, aren't you pulling the plug on this? I mean, this is like, uh, you know, I'm going to see Kevin Durant play, but instead of playing on the basketball court in the arena, he's going to be playing in the parking lot behind the garbage bin. Like (laughs) this is, this is ridiculous. Like, Budweiser is paying for that exposure. They're paying to be the beer of World Cup. $75 million is a lot of money. And it'll be interesting to see if they pull the plug. If I'm them, I do. I don't know if they can get out of the contract. I don't know what the language is. But I'm sure if in September they finalized a policy to serve the beer and serve it in visible locations, and now you're being told by the royal family over there that you can't do that, That's a problem if I'm Budweiser. Well, yeah. And I think uh, you saw this like when you went to London, how they sell beer and concessions different than over here, you know, certain times and certain places. And I think we're seeing this now as you go to these different countries that have all these rules and religion and laws and things. It's different than here. But again, if you sign up to do it, you think that they would have that somewhere in the contract. Hey, we're going to be visible. We're going to be able to sell beer. But uh, again, it's always uh, a growing story. So this is a big one. When it comes to your health and longevity, you hold nothing back. You understand what it means to push harder, reach farther, and go the extra mile. This relentless drive runs in your blood. That's why Inside Tracker provides you with a personalized plan to build strength, speed recovery, and optimize your health for the long haul. Created by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics, Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you're not. You'll get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercise, nutrition, and supplementation for your body. And when you connect Inside Tracker with your Fitbit or Garmin, you'll also unlock real-time recovery pro tips after you complete your workout. It's like having your own personal trainer and nutritionist in your pocket. For a limited time, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com forward slash SBR. That's insidetracker.com forward slash SBR. Now, back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. There are two companies right now that every day you look at the headlines and you're just like, oh my God, these companies are trashing like the Hindenburg. And they're crashing quickly. Let's start with Twitter. And and I'll say this. I have friends who until recently worked at Twitter. Um, Sports PR Summit, the event that we have done for many years, we've done that um, at Twitter headquarters in San Francisco. Um, So I have a unique insight to Twitter. Like I'm not just someone who doesn't know people who have worked there and has never been into both their San Francisco and their New York headquarters. I've been to both. And I will say over the years, the people that I've met are just quality people. You know, they, they um, do things the right way. They um, treat people as people, not just employees. Then you have Elon Musk come in and look, Elon Musk has been very successful with Tesla and with SpaceX This is a completely different 
undertaking. And it's a media company. And Elon Musk completed his $44 billion buyout of Twitter on October 28th. And Greg, since then, it's been a circus. Half of the company's 7,500 employees were terminated, including many senior Twitter executives. So, you know, usually when you have a takeover like this, you'll keep some of the senior execs on so they'll help you with the transition. From what I've been told, this is basically like Elon Musk and and five of his closest advisors from his other companies that are huddling in a conference room at Twitter and they're running the company. And they've blown out all the senior people. They've blown out communications. They've blown out um, people who were in charge of misinformation and making sure that misinformation isn't spreading. But this is like a handful of people now who are the brain trust of this company and are basically puppets under Elon Musk. Brands, including Volkswagen, General Motors, and United Airlines, who have advertised for many years on Twitter, have said, we're pausing our advertising. So that's never a good sign either when you have some of your biggest advertisers that are going to pause. Now, here's the thing that I think is the most dangerous thing of all. Anyone now can pay $8 a month and get a blue verified check mark. So we have people posing as Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN putting out fake news. We have people uh, posing as LeBron James saying he's demanding a trade. <laughs> we have companies who are healthcare companies saying we're handing out free insulin to those who need it. Um, you have journalists being impersonated. There was a woman reporter for the Washington Post, and in the last few days, she, with the permission of a politician and a comedian, impersonated both of them and was granted a blue check mark in 15 minutes, Griggs. <laughs> 15 minutes. So Elon Musk seems to think that, you know, let's make everyone verified. Let's put another form of revenue in there. But what it's doing is it's like the boy or girl crying wolf. There's a lot of people putting misinformation out there. It's confusing. Um, you know, luckily it didn't seem to lead to anything crazy around the elections. But, you know, there's a reason that there were blue check marks before is basically it said, and, and Sports Business Radio, by the way, is verified on Twitter. This is a trusted source of information. If you're allowing anyone to buy an $8 check mark, I mean, again, let's use the Kevin Durant example. This is like me paying you know, $8 and saying, hey, I want to play in the Lakers-Nets game tonight. I want to, I want to uh, you know, start a point guard since Kyrie's out and play next to KD. Can I buy my way onto the court? Like you shouldn't be able to buy your way into being a journalist, a celebrity, an athlete, a comedian, a politician. That's not how this should work. So one of the things that's interesting, Griggs, is that a lot of people have left Twitter in the last two weeks. And Twitter is now ripe for competition. Will another platform rise up to take them on during this time of uncertainty? You look at who could do that. LinkedIn could become a replacement newsfeed because they've got millions of people already on the platform. And there's even 
platforms called Mastodon and, and, you know, there's others that are popping up. People are, you know, saying to Mark Zuckerberg, Hey, Mark, you already have Facebook and Instagram. Like you could invent something pretty quickly that could replace Twitter. So Twitter is like the boxer who has been knocked down and they're getting a standing eight count. Are they going to be able to continue or are they out? And, you know, Elon Musk has even said, and, and I don't know if this is a smart thing, he buys the company and then he's like, well, bankruptcy is on the table. Like <laughs> we, we may not be able to continue to exist. I mean, do you think advertisers and users want to hear that? Is he saying that because he just wants an excuse to be able to fire all these people? I've talked to people, you know, who until recently worked at Twitter, you know, they're confused about their severance packages. Some people were just outright fired. Like it's a mess, but to people who get their news from Twitter, like you and I, and many others, this is a confusing time. And it's a dangerous time because you have people going on the platform who have paid $8 to get the blue check mark next to them. And they're putting out misinformation. Well, the thing that's frustrating is in a world full of so much scam now and so much fake news, and you go to a source like Twitter, like we have until now, where we trust it. You know, you follow these guys, you follow these people, they have the blue check mark, they're your news source. You understand that what they say is, you know, checked and been checked. But uh, now it's like, you don't know what to believe. You don't know what you're seeing on there. You don't know if it's actually them typing it or not them typing it. And it's just, uh, it's it's a disaster. And it kind of reminded me when you were talking, the movie, The Social Network, it's like, Elon Musk is the guy with his buddies in the dorm room. You know, there's like three or four of them in there just, you know, doing their little magic tricks on Twitter. And it's just like, well, where's this going? And obviously, social network worked out, but uh, Twitter doesn't seem to be heading that right direction right now. But yeah, it's a mess. It's just, you know, you wonder like, okay, did you buy this as an ego play or did you have a plan when you bought the platform? And the plan that we're seeing right now is basically a few essential things. One, they're cutting costs, right? So you get rid of half of your workforce. You are, you know, telling advertisers, you know, we're going to be doing this, 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 and this, but they're, you know, not buying what you're selling. You think $8 a month is going to sustain you because, you know, oh, people weren't paying for this platform before, but now they're going to pay for it. Yeah. Like, honestly, um, you know, Twitter's been a good platform for sports business radio. But if we have to pay for it, I don't know that we're going to stick around on the platform. And, you know, then again, you double down on Instagram and you double down on TikTok and you double down on LinkedIn and some of these other platforms where we also have followers. So, uh, you know, is the New York Times going to pay to be on Twitter? Is ESPN going to pay to be on Twitter? Is LeBron James going to pay to be on Twitter? Probably not. Um, and again, the most dangerous thing is that Elon Musk has given license to anyone to impersonate those entities that I just named. Yeah. And again, we're seeing it. Yeah. So, you know, one of the pieces of advice I would tell you, and I would say this about any social media platform, is pause and look to see who is tweeting this out or who is posting this news. Because if you take a close look, it may not be Adrian Wojnarowski, or it may not be LeBron James. It might have their picture. It might have the blue check mark, and that's confusing. But look at their handle. Look at some of their past tweets. Look at how many followers they have. And you know, if it's 
oh, I'm Adrian Wojnarowski, but I have eight followers. <laughs> but, you know, there's a blue check mark and it's my picture. That's not really Adrian Wojnarowski. And if I'm these media outlets, I'm very concerned about, you know, my reporters being duped, so to speak. Yeah. And people pretending to be them and putting out news. Because if you're a news outlet, like we are, credibility and trust is, is what you have with your audience. And if you lose that, then, you know, that's a big hit on your brand. Well, I think uh, one of the main things that makes social media work, too, is not having to pay for it. You know, everybody can use it. Everybody can get an account on there. And, you know, once you get to a certain age, you're, you're in. And I think that's kind of a key because then it's, it's, you know, it's free for everybody. Everybody can use it. I mean, you start charging for people or charging for something that they always had for free. That gets messy. And uh, I agree. It's like, you know, you get an email from your bank and it looks like it's from your bank. Well, you always got to check that it's from your bank. Well, you shouldn't have to do that on Twitter, but now we're doing that on Twitter. So it's that, yeah. that doesn't look good. So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, do the senior executives get replaced? Do the advertisers come back? Does Elon Musk come to his senses and stop this craziness with anyone can buy an $8 blue check mark? And, you know, let the blue check marks be associated with trusted sources of information and not anyone who just paid to get the blue check mark and could put out any kind of information. Um, does Twitter go bankrupt? I mean, I think all of these things are on the table and I'm going to be watching it closely because again, we use it. I use it as a source of information. Um, there's a lot of great reporters and news associations and outlets from around the world that are on there. And, uh, you know, we'll see. But like I said, I think Twitter is as ripe as it's ever been for competition and for someone to rise up and say, you know what, we're going to do things better than Twitter. We're going to be a trusted resource of information. And if you're a journo or you're an athlete, or you're a celebrity, hop on over to our platform. Now, the last thing I'll say about this, Greg, is, you know, people have a lot tied up into their following right? Like you see some of these athletes in college who say, Hey, you know, I've got an NIL deal. A large part of these athletes getting the NIL deal is their social media following. So if you've got thousands or millions of followers on Twitter, that means something to you. So are you willing to just let them go away if Twitter goes away? Um, it's going to hurt some people because there are people who have large followings and they've been able to monetize their following, mm -hmm. whether you're a college athlete, whether you're Kim Kardashian, whether you're, you know, a news outlet, part of your currency that you have is your social media following. So if Twitter goes away, there will be people that take a hit because of it, because it's millions less people or thousands less people that you or potentially reaching with what you're trying to promote for your sponsor or whatever you're doing. Don't you agree with that? I do. Yeah. And I think uh, what you mentioned too earlier about a big sign of you know problems is when these advertisers drop out too, when they're losing big advertisers, that's when the money starts to go. And that's a big sign that you see it with, you know, athletes when they, they mess up and they start dropping, you know, like we've seen with Kyrie and Tiger in the past and everything else. It's that's where the big hit is when these companies start losing the money coming in, uh, you know, I don't know if eight dollars a month is going to cut it to cover up for you know United Airlines and all these other ones that are advertising with Twitter. So that that'll be interesting to watch too. Hey everyone, Brian Berger here. 
Roan is the new official menswear partner of Sports Business Radio. I love their product. I've been a fan for a long time. Did you know David Stern was one of their first investors? Roan makes the absolute highest quality, best fitting, and most comfortable performance-driven clothing for men. Their entire line places emphasis on an active, balanced, and purpose-driven lifestyle. I'm wearing my spar joggers. I've got them in uh, heather gray. I've got them in navy. I've got my moleskin commuter slim pant. I've got my regular black commuter pant. I've got my dress shirts. So when I'm out in in-person meetings, I have the nicer Roan product to wear. But most of the time, I'm working from home. And I've got my rain long sleeve gray heather camo. I've got my rain long sleeve hoodies. I am wearing the shorts for workouts, the seven inch Mako shorts. So I'll tell you what, from top to bottom, whether it's casual or business wear, Roan has me covered. I know they're going to have you covered too. And Roan is offering Sports Business Radio podcast listeners 15% off your purchase. Go to Roan.com, R-H-O-N-E.com and enter code SBR15 at checkout, like Sports Business Radio 15, SBR15 at checkout. Receive 15% off your purchase. That's Roan.com, R-H-O-N-E.com and enter promo code SBR15 at checkout. Now, back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. In my lifetime, I'm 53. If something is too good to be true, it usually is. <laughs> you know, we've seen, oh my God, look at the real estate deals that are out there. Look at the internet and tech boom when, you know, all these social media companies started um, and when technology started advancing. Usually if something's too good to be true, it is. Well, I was never really buying the whole cryptocurrency thing. And, you know, we had people on this show to try and explain cryptocurrency. And some of my friends invested in cryptocurrency. And this is at an all-time high. And this is going to make me rich. It's really hard to get rich quickly. Sometimes you win the lottery, like the person who won the 1.2 billion dollars recently. I wish that was us. But most of the time things wealth has to accumulate over time. Cryptocurrency is the latest thing that people have bought into over the last couple of years and thought they were going to make a lot of money and it is now crashing. And the latest company to crash, Griggs, who has lots of tentacles into the sports world, is FTX. FTX has filed for bankruptcy. And Griggs, they have left a littered road of sports partnerships behind them in filing for the bankruptcy. The one that may be the most remarkable is Miami-Dade officials negotiated a 19-year, $135 million contract with FTX for the naming rights to the Miami Heat's home arena. Well, guess what? There's 17 years left on the deal, and that money's never going to get paid. And if you recall, 
I don't know what the date of the show is, but if you go back and find the show when we talked about this deal being signed in the first place, my comment was 19 years. Yeah. I mean, usually you may see a naming rights deal of five years, maybe 10 years, 19 years. And I think I even said 19 is even a weird number. Like, why isn't it 20? Why isn't it 15? Why 19 years? And Miami-Dade officials now are scrambling to figure out, like, who's going to be the naming rights partner? And are we going to be able to get any money from FTX out of this bankruptcy? But they're leaving a lot of money on the table. And I'm not sure who at Miami-Dade did their due diligence on FTX and who thought it was a good idea to sign a 19-year deal. Like, if I'm doing business with someone and they're an unproven company, five years is probably as long as I'm going to go. I'm not going to go 19 years and lock myself in. I mean, think about this. And I don't care if this is Aaron Judge's contract coming up or this is the naming rights deal. Think about how many things are going to change over the course of 19 years. Don't you want the ability to renegotiate if things get better and the climate gets better for you? Why would you lock yourself into 2020 prices when in 2039, the world might look much more favorable or 2030, the world might look much more favorable. You are, I'm all for a bird in the hand, but I also think you hamstring yourself if you tie yourself into long-term deals. So Again, I'll use Aaron Judge. He's a free agent. He's a young player. If I'm him, I'm probably not signing a 10-year deal with someone. I'm signing maybe a 10-year deal, but I can opt out after five years. Or I'm giving myself um, flexibility in that deal. You know, you've seen LeBron James has done this masterfully. Now, you are banking on yourself that you're going to stay healthy, and he has for the most part. But he's done one-year deals, and he's holding the club accountable He's giving himself maximum flexibility if the climate changes. And for Miami-Dade officials to lock the Miami Heat Arena into a 19-year deal, I think is, is borderline ludicrous. And now they've got this deal that they've got to figure out. And again, can they get any money out of the deal? If not, then they're going to have to scramble to find a naming rights partner quickly. Other entities that are tied to FTX, Formula One has already dropped FTX. They're like, you know what? You've gone bankrupt. We're not keeping you on our car anymore. Like, you're out. Like, if you look at the Miami Heat games, there's still FTX on the basketball court. They haven't, you know, figured out how to get that off the court yet. With Mercedes Formula One team, they've already removed FTX and all of their branding from the cars. And and this is another thing, Griggs, if you know, you're old enough like me to listen to this, you remember Enron. Enron was the home field of the Houston Astros. When they went $29 billion in debt, they had to scrap Enron from the field, from you know, the windows from the scoreboard from like everything is branded with the sponsor logo. That's part of being a naming rights partner. Well, when it goes south like this, it costs a lot of money to remove the branding 
from all of those areas. Griggs, check this out. This is remarkable. So in our lifetime, one of the biggest business scandals, like people use it as case studies in business school, Enron, Enron, Enron. Like I just told you, $29 billion. FTX, $50 billion. It's almost twice as bad as Enron with the wake of debt and financial destruction that has been left in their wake. So here are other, we just told you, the Miami Heat Arena, the Mercedes Formula One team, Major League Baseball, the Golden State Warriors, UC Berkeley, Tom Brady, Steph Curry, Shohei Otani. These are all entities and individuals that had deals with FTX. And I'm sure if you're Steph Curry, Tom Brady, Shohei Otani, they probably gave you as part of your deal, we're going to give you cryptocurrency. So, you know, we've seen players like Odell Beckham Jr. say, oh, I'm getting part of my contract in cryptocurrency. Not a good idea. (laughs) Because now, if that was part of your payment, what is that cryptocurrency worth? Zilch. So again, in my lifetime, if things are too good to be true, usually they are. Yeah. And I don't care if that's a person, if that's an investment, if it's you know something else, like unless you are one of the lucky few and you win the lottery, and even that comes with problems. If it's too good to be true, it's usually too good to be true. And FTX and this cryptocurrency craze, it's been too good to be true. And all of these entities, you have to wonder how much did they vet FTX? And, you know, I have something, it's not mine, but I call it the snowball effect. So if you're, let's say Mercedes, and you go, oh, look, FTX has deals with Tom Brady and Steph Curry and Shohei Otane and Major League Baseball, like they must have done their due diligence. It's okay for me to do a deal with them because all of those companies would never do a deal like this without doing their due diligence and, and vetting FTX. Well, either everyone failed on their vetting, FTX lied in what they turned over as part of the vetting, or everyone got snow jobbed here and, and, you know, thought FTX was one thing and it turned into something else. So the moral of the story here is do your own vetting. Don't rely on, oh, you know, these five other companies did a deal with that company. So we'll just say if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for us. No, do your own vetting. Never lock yourself into a long-term deal with a company who's not established. And, and I would say FTX popped out of the blue. And, you know, all of a sudden with Santa Claus on Christmas handing out, you know, billion dollar deals. And, you know, now they're $50 billion in debt. They'll never repay that. It's why they've, you know, declared bankruptcy. And you've got Tom Brady, Steph Curry, Shohei Otane. I mean, if you're the agent for those players, how are you explaining this to them? Hey, guess what? They're going to put you in commercials. They're going to make you the face of this. So that's the last thing is you're the face of failure. You're associated with failure. Old deals are risky. 
you know, we've had Andre Iguodala on this show and, and he said, it's like baseball. If you go three out of 10 on business investments, then, you know, that's a good percentage. But when you have a deal like this, this is the kind of deal, especially if you have to put up your own money. And I'd be pretty surprised if Tom Brady and Steph Curry and Shohei Otane were putting up any of their own money. I'm sure it was part of the deal. They may have lost money because cryptocurrency was offered to them as part of the value. Again, instead of paying you in dollars, we're going to pay you part of your deal in cryptocurrency. And you know, as it turns out, the only person who was right in all of this, and maybe should have been doing the vetting all along, is if you remember the Super Bowl commercial, where Larry David said, eh, I'm not sure. <laughs> he, Larry David was not buying this in the commercial. I mean, ironically, the commercial was for FTX, but he wasn't so sure. And it turns out Larry David was the only person who was right. So um, if you're a Curb fan like I am, good on you, Larry David, because you got this right. But Griggs, um, it's sad because a lot of people are losing their jobs as part of this. FTX is now in the business school books with Enron is one of the greatest business failures ever. Like I said, they have lost far more money than Enron did. Granted, we're in a time of you know, inflation and, and things cost more now than they did back then. But I mean, you're you're looking at 50 billion compared to 29 billion. Um, and, you know, now all of these leagues, teams and individual athletes are going to have to find a way to scrap this partnership, replace the partnership and do it with someone who's much safer than FTX. Like if I'm them, I'm not going out and going, hey, we need a new cryptocurrency partner. FTX isn't around anymore, but let's go find another cryptocurrency partner. Nope, I'm probably scrapping the cryptocurrency partner category. And I'm going after something that's a little bit more stable so this doesn't happen again. I mean, if you're Miami-Dade officials and Miami Heat officials and another cryptocurrency company comes around and says, hey, we'll replace FTX, I'm hanging up on them. <laughs> and I'm going... Uh, no, we're going to go find a company that's a little bit more stable than even cryptocurrency.com, which replaced Staples as the uh, you know, brand that's on the naming rights of the Lakers and Clippers arena. So this is the risk you take when you do deals with companies who haven't been around for a long time, don't have a track record, and are handing out presents and money like Santa Claus on Christmas morning. This is a disaster, Greg. Yeah, I think uh, the biggest red flag for me is just the non-vetting, apparently. Or these guys are really good salespeople because to get those deals done with something that's so new, like literally nobody even knew what this was, you know, two years ago. And now it's like $50 billion later and all these athletes have lost endorsements now and arenas that got to cover it and F1. It's just, that's the part that's just kind of surprising me. It's not like you're, you do a deal with Nike. You're like, okay, Nike's been around. They're a good company. We can follow them. We can sign them on the dotted line here. We get it. Adidas. So, you know, Even though Odell Beckham Jr. is suing Nike right But you know now. what I mean. But like, yes, I know what you mean. It's a yes. lifelong, we all know it. And, and all of a sudden FTX comes up and it's like everybody jumps on board and nobody even knows really what crypto is. I mean, it's a confusing world. And uh, man, there's just uh, the fallout. My dad worked for Portland General Electric here in Oregon. That was an Enron company. And he had to work five years longer because he lost his mm. retirement. I mean, it's just yeah. like 
I saw it affect that side of it. So I can't imagine these people that are going to, you know, fall out from this. So it's rough. Yeah. And I mean, you know, to take it another step further, let's say you work for FTX and you did one of these sports partnerships and you go work for another company. Mm, I'll take the meeting, but I'm not sure I'm going to make a deal with you. And even if it's not your fault, if it was FTX's fault and it's not your fault, I'm still going to be like, you know, if I have three deals in front of me, I'm probably going to make the deal with the person who didn't used to work at FTX. (laughs) Like there's a trust that has been lost here, just like we talked about with Twitter. And the fact that anyone can have a a blue check mark now and you don't know if you can trust where the information is coming from. It's the same thing here with FTX. And, And I would say this is destroyed the entire cryptocurrency industry so even if you're crypto.com or you're you know any of these other companies it's kind of like you know how people just say oh i want a coke or i want a kleenex right well those are brands and you may be saying i want a tissue or i want a soda but you're you're kind of saying i want a coke or i want a kleenex this is ftx is going to drag down the rest of the industry or at least has breached the trust because if you're any cryptocurrency company right now and you're trying to go sell a partnership, exhibit A is, oh, FTX failed to the tune of $50 billion. I'm probably not going to be buying cryptocurrency or doing any deals with anyone who's trying to do a deal with me, even if you're not FTX, even if you're a different company um, and you may have a better track record, I'm going to be very leery about doing a deal with you because you're in the same industry. Yeah, and that may not be fair, but it's just how it is. It is. And it's so new still that there's not much you can look back on and say, oh, crypto's been around 20 years, so we know it's still going to be around. No, it's all still so new that even a different company other than FTX, there's not much track record to look at because no one's been around long enough to really show, hey, we can deliver on our promises. So it's it's just a, it's a fallout and it's really going to hurt, like you said, the whole crypto world, I think. Yeah. All right. Next week, we are going to be um, enjoying the holidays. So we're going to bring you a sports business radio vault edition. And we're going to look back on conversations with two of, of the most charitable people that I think have ever been on sports business radio. The first is the late Dick Hoyt. And if you've never uh, Googled Team Hoyt, and seen the adventures of Dick while he was alive and his son, Rick, please do so. They've been featured on the Today Show. But my conversation with Dick, and this was, you know, gosh, I think 2009. Yeah. Um, it, it's just a remarkable conversation because he is a remarkable person. This is someone whose son is confined to a wheelchair and he would do these marathons and triathlons and Ironmans with his son. And he would basically pull his son. He'd pull him in the water. He would put him on the bike. He would carry him on his back. I mean, as I said to him at the time, this is superhuman stuff. And the love that he has for his son or had for his son, unfortunately, um, it's unlike anything I've ever seen. And if the interview doesn't bring a tear to your eye, then you might be a robot. (laughs) Um, but he's a remarkable human being. He's no longer with us, but team Hoyt is still doing some great things. So I urge you to listen to that interview. I mean, when I think of people who think beyond themselves and we're thankful for life, Dick Hoyt is always going to be, you know, one of those people that I think of. 
Um, the other conversation that will re-air is Warwick Dunn, who played many years in the NFL, great running back. His uh, nonprofit organization has helped so many families, low-income families, afford houses and get into houses. And the legacy that he's left for all of these families by helping them get into houses is incredible. So those are the two conversations that we'll bring you next week during Thanksgiving week. Um, you know, Griggs, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for our listeners. I'm thankful for uh, CG Sports and, and the team there for all that they do for us. Um, I'm thankful for our sponsors. Like I, I'm thankful for lots and lots of things. Family, um, almost lost my mom this year. So, um, you know, it's a year to be thankful. Um, I feel like it's the first year in a couple years that, um, you know, people can go all out on Thanksgiving again and, and get together with family and you don't have to worry about, are people wearing masks and are people, you know, I can only have four people in the house. And, yeah. you know, I think the, uh, travel industry is going to be in full swing for the holiday season for Thanksgiving and, and Christmas and Hanukkah. And, um, so, uh, you know, I just wish everyone uh, a happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, I think both these interviews for next week uh, kind of put stuff in perspective, life in perspective, and how much we can help people and be thankful for the people that help us. So it's a good reminder to uh, step back and just really, like you said, just be thankful for everything we have in this country and everything that we, opportunities we get and people we get to meet and things we get to do. So I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for our weekend in Ben last weekend. It's just, you got to get together. Take those opportunities, man. If you can see somebody or be with somebody, be with them, you know, have fun with them, be yeah. thankful and enjoy, uh, enjoy life together. So yeah, life is short, life is short. So take every opportunity to, uh, you know, tell the people that you, uh, are friends with or family with that you love them and spend time with them. And I hope everyone has a happy Thanksgiving. This episode of sports business radio is brought to you by underdog fantasy the fastest growing fantasy app ever released and the official gaming partner of Sports Business Radio. And with early investors like Mark Cuban, Kevin Durant, Adam Schefter, and Jared Goff, I know that Underdog Fantasy is made for people like me who are on the go and want something quick, easy, and fun to play. And today we've got a special offer for Sports Business Radio listeners. If you sign up to Underdog Fantasy using the promo code SBR, they're going to double your first deposit up to $100. No risk, no long-term commitment. Just sign up using promo code SBR and your first deposit is matched up to $100 for free. I already play Underdog Fantasy on the Underdog Fantasy app, but if I didn't, I'd use that free $100 and go for a pick'em contest where I can bet the over-under on individual players or team matchups. Or maybe the Best Ball Mania 3 contest worth $10 million in total prizes. All you have to do is draft a team for the season. No waivers, no lineups, no injury reports. Underdog Fantasy takes care of all of that for you. So do what I've been doing. Go to Underdog Fantasy, download the app, sign up with promo code SBR, and get started right away with a free match on your first deposit up to $100. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our team at Sports Business Radio. Brian Griggs, Josh Blank. Ryan Nakajima, and our friends at CG Sports who power Sports Business Radio, CG Young, Matt Amerlin, Nicole Wardle, 
and Calvin Wirtz. I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. This and every SBR podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and your favorite listening app. Follow Sports Business Radio on Facebook, Twitter at SB Radio, Instagram at Sports Business Radio, and online at sportsbusinessradio.com. Sports Business Radio is produced by Brian Griggs and Griggs Productions, griggsproductions.com.